your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, you're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester. We got a full house here uh, from the Rowan Radio Sports Department in the studio. I have Aaron Hook, who's our Wednesday host this semester, Ali Patano, and Pontano. Connor Pontano, thank you. And Connor Brown yes, joining sir. us in the other conference studio room, but he's still here with us today. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, with the NFL season uh, fully underway, we'll mostly talk about that. Then we'll get into some NBA news and some stories that I found, and then we'll get to our top five. I won't say what it is just yet, but we'll get there when the time does come. Okay, so starting off in our NFL segment, we were going to start with the Trey Lance injury, but I'm like, nay, nay. We're going to start with the Mike Evans interesting story. So Mike Evans, uh, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he is suspended for next week's game against the Packers, and Allie is cheering because she's a Packers fan. Mike Evans is suspended for one game for his little scuffle with Marshawn Lattimore. He is a uh, defensive back or cornerback, if you want to put it that way, uh, for the New Orleans Saints. They played yesterday, and Mike Evans uh, shoved Lattimore to the ground, and it got pretty ugly. So he will miss um, the Green Bay game next week. And these two apparently have some history. Uh, Mike Evans was suspended in 2017 for shoving Lattimore in the back, and then Lattimore was fined $10,500 in 2020 for shoving Mike Evans in the back. So these two got some history together. Allie, I'll start with you because I know you're hyped about this. Uh, Mike Evans won game. Um, is this the pretty fair punishment for him or was it really that serious of a you know kind of thing i mean let's be real here he suplexed Lattimore to the ground yep so if they have history with each other and evans got suspended twice already Lattimore only got fined it only begs the question question why didn't Lattimore also get fined that that's the thing that's like kind of bugging me about the whole situation if you want to be fair here but at the same time it it is fair to punish Evans for him being very rough against Lattimore specifically and I'm just looking forward to this game coming up now because I know that my team stands a chance because the last two times the Packers and the Buccaneers went against each other in the Rodgers Brady NFC era um, let's just say the Packers did not play hot at all. Courtesy of Kevin King in that playoff game. I'm just happy he's cut. <laughs> now we're going to focus on Jair Alexander and Al- and Eric Stokes in the cornerback positions. All right. So Allie's pretty um, ready for this next week's game, even though uh, the, the Packers just played last night. So she's she's got all the excitement right now. <laughs> Connor, I'll flip it over to you. Mike Evans, one game. Uh, suspension for a little scuffle with Marshawn Lattimore. Do you think it was a fair punishment? Uh, and also, Mike Evans, apparently, they said he was most likely going to appeal this. Personally, why even bother? It's one game. You know, you miss one week. You get some extra time to, you know, to rest and all that. So, Connor, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the uh, punishment fits the crime mm-hmm. because of the, the history there. And this is just kind of what you've gotten to expect between the Bucks and the Saints when they play and yeah yeah I, I guess it's fair um I don't really think what Evans did was malicious or anything like that like I don't think people need to you know over it like do it with what he did because what he re- did really wasn't you know outside the lines of a football field that's not a, like inside the lines excuse me of the football field that's not a big deal outside yeah you get a little but to me, he's just he's protecting his quarterback because Lattimore started talking some smack to Brady, and uh, 
Fournette was actually the first one to get up in Lattimore. And then, I mean, I just appreciate, you know, being a former, you know, football player, seeing Mike Evans, you know, have his guy like that. So, you know, punishment fits the crime, but also at the same time, I don't think Mike Evans really did anything wrong. Okay, some good points. Aaron, I'll go to you. Uh, Mike Evans, it seems like they've had some history before. So obviously, you know, number one receiver on the Bucks and number one corner on the Saints. Um, you know, you get these kind of battles and stuff. Um, so what do you make of this, you know, few times that both of them have been suspended mm-hmm. or fined? And um, do you think, as Connor uh, phrased it, do you think the uh, punishment, you know, fits here or the – the right one. Um, yeah, I, I would probably say that a one-name suspension is fair. I think anything more than that would be kind of ridiculous because you know it's not like it's not like a benches clearing brawl in baseball or anything. You know, it wasn't that type of situation. Um, Brady and and Fournette had some words for for Lattimore and a couple of the other Saints players, and things got physical. And Evans mm. came in and you know protected his guys. Obviously, Ali brought it up. He uh, you know, <laughs> he got Lattimore pretty good, so you know uh, that that's the physical end of it. But mm. yeah, I think one name is is fair, and like you said, the history between those two. It was funny in 2017 when they when they went at it. Jameis Winston was the quarterback right on the sideline for Tampa, and now he's on the other side playing for the Saints. Um, so yeah. that's kind of funny. But and, that, and you know, they get warnings before they play now too. Yeah, so that has I, to be a thing. There was no way no one before this game on either side. Or even from the NFL's perspective, was telling you know Evans and Lattimore like you know they were definitely in their mm-hmm. ears before the game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, you talked about the history between those two, and yeah. so obviously being in the same division, they'll see each other again uh, many times. And so I, I'm, you know, kind of expecting them to probably go out of the den at some point uh, before yeah. both of them retire. So. Some good points from everybody here. The one thing about Mike Evans that really is cool, he's never had a season below 1,000 yards. I really hope he keeps doing that because, I mean, he's really underrated. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Um, so Mike Evans hopefully comes back. Uh, the game he comes back, um, I think it's against the Chiefs in week four. So well, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, you know, I get a nice week off and then I'm going to face, you know, the Texans. Oh, I got the, you know, the Chiefs, but... We'll see about that. Mike Evans getting a one-game suspension for Marshawn Lattimore's. Um, well, he pushed Marshawn Lattimore. All right, so the story that we were going to start out with before I found out about this Mike Evans story this afternoon, uh, the 49ers are in a bit of a uh, situation right now. Uh, starting quarterback Trey Lance is out for the season as he will have surgery to repair a broken ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo, who was obviously the start of the, ba- the past bunch of years, uh, will now take over. So, Connor, I'll go to you first. Are you at all concerned about the 49ers? Do you think Jimmy G will take them to the playoffs? Obviously, they made the NFC Championship game last year. He's had some ups and downs. You know, if you just look at the box score, yeah, he's pretty good. You look at the eye test, eh. Um, Jimmy G last year was 9-6 and six as a starter, 3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Uh, do you think Jimmy G will get it done? Well, you know, we, we're it's still so early in the season that I'm just going to assume it's it's business as usual in San Francisco because this has been the situation for the past few years with Garoppolo under center. And I was really excited to see what Trey Lance could do, you know, under the coaching of, of a Kyle Shanahan who just does such a great job of building his playbook around his players and just putting them in the best positions to play. Yeah. Um. So it's, for me, yeah, I mean, do I think they're a playoff team? It, past couple of years they've been a playoff team so it's business as usual so I definitely think they're still a playoff team uh you know the Seahawks I think they're coming can I came off a big week one kind of lull uh, I don't really think they're going to be like that great of a team so I, I don't I don't think this this one against the Seahawks was definitely a, a big statement or anything like that mm. but uh, I definitely still expect the the Niners under Kyle Shanahan to to have a good season because they've had good seasons in, in the past with Garoppolo, Garoppolo so why would it stop now yeah, the Seahawks uh, kind of got humbled yesterday after yeah. that win against the Broncos. You, you knew Geno was going to come back down to earth. And Gino, it was written. I am all for the Geno MVP chance, let's be honest ourselves. <laughs> really? uh, the 49 oh, – well, okay. Um, the 49ers, their next three games, uh, next Sunday night in primetime, they will be visiting Russell Let's Ride Wilson in Denver. 
Um, then they have a home game against the Rams on Monday night. Wow, they got two primetime games in a row. Yikes. And then uh, October 9th, they are in Carolina. That's a 4.05 start. So some interesting opponents there. Uh, Allie, I'll go to you. Trey Lance out. A lot of people were thinking, you know, is he kind of good? Is he not? Uh, I also saw a report. Some coaches and players were secretly um, saying that they think the team is now better that Trey Lance, like, I'm not saying they wanted him to get hurt, but they said now with Garoppolo, the team is a much better team. So I don't know who said it, but uh, Ali, I'll go to you. Is this team going to make some noise now that Trey Lance is out of the picture? I mean, Garoppolo's experience with the 49ers and under center is definitely going to help them compared to Trey, Trey Lance coming from the draft and playing like the bare minimum games of last season. I'm not necessarily concerned about the 49ers right now, but when I see them against the Rams and how Garoppolo plays, then I'll start making my judgment because let's be real here. The Panthers and the Broncos aren't going to do much for the 49ers. Like Garoppolo knows what he's doing. He knows the players. He knows the coaching staff. I want to see him against the Rams, against Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, my excuse me, and then I'll make my judgment of seeing is this the Jimmy Garoppolo we've been seeing for the last couple of seasons when he was very hot, or is this the new Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, some good points there. Uh, actually, hasn't Kyle Shanahan like owned Sean McVay these last bunch of years? Now that I think about it. So. I yeah. think he has. Yeah, yeah. I saw there yeah, was some so, stat last year. Yeah, the 49ers, well, except in the playoffs yeah, last right. year. With the but Rams, I, I, I did want to get to a point that you brought up the players saying that, that they thought they were better with Jimmy G. And uh, I think that's definitely the case, I'd say, like right now. Right now, yeah. Where, where Trey Lance was in his development. But definitely the reason why they brought him in was so because of that ceiling. You know, with Jimmy G, you already know where you're going to get. And the, the ceiling's set. Like, we, we know the ceiling with Jimmy G. I felt like it was about seeing what Trey Lance could have done. So obviously they're better with Jimmy G right now. Yeah. But what what they could have had with Trey Lance was like, you know. Remember the forty. I mean, he's not dead. <laughs> I don't want to. Remember, remember the Forty like Niners gave um they gave Garoppolo that extension like after they saw for five games and they're like ooh here you go yeah so that that was hilarious but uh Jimmy G he's getting some incentives right now for wins and the fact that he's playing so we'll see how that works I think San Fran will be all right for now um I mean they made the Super Bowl with him a few years ago let's not forget that so all right so we'll get into our big section um of our NFL segment we'll talk about the games that we saw yesterday and of course we'll get to our Monday night football doubleheader tonight. Yes, it is a doubleheader. Um, we might have to do a break between these, but we'll get to what we can. Week two, we saw some uh, we saw some good games, some bad games, and some what the heck games. Uh, just looking at some of these um, box scores, some of them were pretty self-explanatory. What are the Colts doing? Uh, they right now, I believe they're o one and one. They tied the Texans. And we're shut out in Jacksonville. Like, if, if I were the coach, I'd just give up and say, you know what, season's over, guys. It's over. Aaron, I'll go to you first. What what are the Colts doing? I mean, you know, Matt Ryan yesterday, the first interception he threw was just – He's cold. It was. I mean, it was just awful. I mean, he, it's, it's the definition of a lollipop. Um, it was in the air for like a minute and a half, it seemed, and um, the Jazz corner picked it off. I mean, they just – you know, again, when you went to Jacksonville, they're they're an up and coming team. Um, yeah. They're a lot more talented than they were last year. Um, Trevor Lawrence is, is still taking strides, uh, and he actually looks really good. Trevor Lawrence, five um, incompletions, two touchdowns. He's coming into his own for sure. Uh, I think by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about him as a guy who's you know might take that Josh Allen type leap in in a year three. Um, or even a Herbert. So I think he's on that trajectory. So look, credit to Jacksonville for sure. Um, you know, they're a solid team now, but yeah, man, the Colts, I mean, with the expectations that were placed on them, when you went to the rest of this division, it was, it's really, or I guess it was coming into the year, their division to lose, right? I mean, Tennessee, you know, they're probably the closest team right now. Mm -hmm. Houston is, is still in the midst of a rebuild and Jacksonville is still dead in there. Like we talked about, you know, they're a a solid team, a capable team now, but still, you know, taking those baby steps. And so, 
I mean, yeah, Matt Ryan did not look good yesterday against that Jazz defense. And Yikes. I mean, they, they didn't run the ball at all. They, I mean, they weren't giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Um, and so, I mean, yep. you, you got to be concerned, really, if, you, if you're a Colts fan. It's only two weeks into the year, I get it. But, I mean, to have two divisional opponents who you are more talented than and yeah. you've got the better quarterback, you've got the better defense – to be, and I mean, coach. obviously you go into, yeah, and you know, you go into overtime with Houston week one. Week one is always a little bit weird. So you can chalk it up to, okay, Texans come out. They're the underdogs. You know, they, they played well. Give it to them. But I mean, yesterday it was, it was just bad all around. It really was. To get shut out like that against Jacksonville, not a good sign whatsoever. So the Colts' kryptonite is playing in Jacksonville. It's like, yep. it's like the Patriots <laughs> playing in yeah. Miami for right. some reason. Mm-hmm. So here's this. So we'll talk about the Titans, uh, a couple minutes because they play tonight against the Bills. If the Titans lose tonight, Jacksonville has sole possession of first place in the AFC South, which is really? hila- which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Jags are one and one. The Colts and the Texans are both o one and one, and the Titans are right now o and one. So to be determined on that. But that that it would that would just be like unbelievable for the Colts. They you know ooh Carson Wentz is our only problem. Bye. And then yeah. So let's see what other. Other interesting games we had yesterday on these box scores. Oh, Dolphins and Ravens. The Ravens had a nice little collapse yesterday. Uh, Tua had over 400 yards passing, six <laughs> touchdowns. You know, your casual day in Miami. Now, to, to be fair, I'd probably say about 200-some yards of those Tyree 400 Carroll. were after the catch yeah. with Hill yeah. and Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. That's not taking anything away from Tua. He played a great game, but, yeah. I mean – I think we just got a glimpse yesterday of like yeah. what this offense could be. Their entire offense is just – I won't say dint and Chuck dunk. Chuck it deep. <laughs> well, I, I won't say dint and dunk or just chuck it deep because they, they mix in a little bit of both and with some screens too for, for those guys. Yeah. But all like, all of their production is after the catch with those two, which is fine yeah. because that's what they that's their play style and they're probably the two fastest receivers in the league. So. Allie, are you buying the Tua Tonga-Vailoa hype and do you believe that Waddle – Hill is the best duo in the NFL right now. I really don't know, to be honest. It's so early in the season. Like, yes, Tyreek is a great receiver. Mm -hmm. He is, what, he was the fastest in his draft class? Like, he knows how to get down the field, knows how to open up. But at the same time, you got Tua as your quarterback. Tua is infamous for throwing picks. I, I really don't know how to make of this. It, like, great play by him and Tyreek. It was a great game. But, like, you go against quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and so many other quarterbacks. I, I really don't know. I, ask me this question later in the season. Okay. Yeah, I did see some of those uh, Tua touchdowns, and uh, they were a little underthrown. Hill kind of had to stop a couple times. He did make a couple great throws, I will they say. They were good, I mean, but like you with, with Mahomes, we're so used to seeing Hill just keep on running, right, keep on right. running. Yeah. And now with Tua, it's kind of mm-hmm. like he has to like come back and or like kind of yeah. s- like slow down to catch it, which – Nah. I mean, if you're you can't knock two on one thing, and that's being accurate. He is he is he, he puts the ball on the numbers for sure, and he so does, yeah. that's that's something that Tyree talked about. He said two is like the most accurate quarterback I've played with, or something like that. So, I mean, obviously, that's <laughs> I mean that's pretty He's bold so to say when you're playing with a guy like Mahomes, but Tua might just be a, a bit more you know accurate with this touch on, on some of the like more. I feel like he just doesn't have the arm strength, and arm strength can't be taught per se it's like you can't really teach speed like you right. just have to be born with yeah that. he doesn't have the natural arm talent of him homes but again yeah. the way they run their offense where it's a lot of stuff over the middle short stuff for Tua nice and quick and then Waddle can turn a five-yard completion into I, I a 70-yard like touchdown you know so. they need especially since Mike McDaniel is like in his first year with Miami they need to like adopt a like a Rams kind of thing like whenever you face the Rams there's always these um, motions and misdirections yeah, like bar- before yeah. the for the snap that's mm-hmm. what they need to do and just get it out quick because I don't know what's going to happen with well, it. Well, McDaniel does come from that Shanahan tree uh, and so yeah. does McVay so we'll yeah. see. Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, a lot of young head coaches. Oh my. All right, so we'll continue with this 
Uh, once we get back from break, Connor, I didn't forget about you, so uh, uh-huh. we'll get to you in a second. But we got to, of course, we have to read the WGLS campus calendar, guys. Come on. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages, and we'll get back to our NFL discussion, and we will dive into the NBA. Don't go anywhere. WGLS FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. WGLS programming is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble, the official bookstore for Rowan University. Located at 201 Rowan Boulevard, Barnes & Noble is your number one choice for prof's gear as well as a wide assortment of gifts, accessories, and sportswear. The bookstore is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 until 6 p.m. The Starbucks Cafe opens 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. For more information, their website is rowanbookstore.bncollege.com. The Barnes & Noble Bookstore is proud to be a supporter of Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman. I'm your Monday host for this semester. Joining me in the WGLS studios, I have uh, Connor Brown, Aaron Hook, and Ali Pontano. Welcome back, everybody. All right, so let's keep going with our NFL discussion. We just were talking about the few games, including the uh, the Colts' disappointing start to the season and uh, do we believe in the Tua Tungavailoa hype. Uh, Connor, I'll go to you. Let's see what other games were pretty good. How about New York football, man? Yeah. I did Come watch on. I did watch that yesterday. Come on, Larry. I did watch that yesterday. All right, <laughs> Connor. Uh the Giants are two and O. For Let's those of go. you who don't know, Connor is a um Giants fan. Aaron is a long suffering Jets fan, and Allie is a Packer fan. So she's not so long suffering like like me and Connor. We've been through it. We've been through the mud. <laughs> Allie's enjoyed a lot of success. So yeah. that, that's true. But like every a, a, a lot of playoff, the, a lot of playoff no, the, losses. The Giants, so. the Giants actually fit right perfectly in between a Jets and a Packers. The Giants fan. at least have had success. It, the Jets, yeah. your only the only highlight the Jets have ever had is. Um, Super Bowl three. Well, Super Bowl three, uh, yeah, I but mean, ju- that was uh, a sick game. I will say, you know, when when your quarterback <laughs> literally just made a bet and said, you know, oh, we're gonna win this game. That's the like, like yeah, j- Joe name. So. That counts as, at least as like three wins. Connor, yes. your analysis of the Giants. I mean, yeah. obviously Kenny Galladay not really visible right now, but it seems like the rest of the team looking pretty good. Yeah, no, Kenny Galladay took two snaps yesterday. <laughs> As he has fallen to the backup wide receiver to David Sills, the fifth, I believe that is. I, I'm off with uh, you know numerals, but is yeah, right? I mean the, right? the Giants. You know this this is what good coaching looks like and a, a good foundation with you know Winking Dale too as the uh, defense coordinator. I just totally M- Martingdale. I keep on forgetting his name. Wink. Wink Martingdale. Thank yes. you. Yeah, Wink. He's just a great great game plan all around. Um. And, yeah, I mean, t- to me, it feels great to be 2-0. I still don't have uh, quite playoff expectations yet. I okay. do think that they could be a little bit of a feisty team going forward. Um, I can still tell you that I'm still out on Daniel Jones because, honestly, as great as this season has started for us as a team overall, 
I have learned nothing new about Daniel Jones. Okay. So why would I want him back? And I think if I ask you guys the question so far this year, have you seen anything new from Daniel Jones? He looked pretty good yesterday. You know he can run. You know he can throw the ball deep. You know he sees ghosts all the time. You know he makes just – he just doesn't – he hesitates a lot. So, to to me, he's just still not the guy. But honestly, going forward, the Giants have some really good foundation pieces on the personnel side of things that they haven't had in, you know, half a decade. Yeah, I mean, they look pretty good. I will say, though, that the first half of the game was ugly. Like, the first, first, you know, the first – the opening kickoff, you know, the Panthers fumbled. The Giants, they couldn't really get a touchdown. And then it's like they get another fumble – and they couldn't get a touchdown. So, like, the Giants were missing some opportunities, but, I mean, they got the victory. You're facing Baker Mayfield. I mean, who who's I mean, afraid the, of this, Baker Mayfield? This was this a point? game of two bad NFL rosters going at it, Yeah, and you saw the difference was coaching. So Matt Rule and Brian Dable. Obviously, Brian Dable has not lost a game in New York. Well, on the Giants' side, that is. Obviously, he was over in Buffalo. All right, so, Connor, that's uh, thank you for your Giants analysis there. Uh, the I want to hear some Jets talk, though. Uh, you know, Aaron gets we'll, picked on a we'll, lot. We'll get we'll get, just, we'll get to them. Don't worry. Uh, the Buccaneers finally beat the Saints in the regular season. Uh, Carson Wentz lost to the Lions. LOL. Um, <laughs> the Lions are good now. They man. are. The Lions. They are. But Carson Wentz. No, it's, it's the Lions good. are gonna stay in last place in FC North. No, you know what was even more hilarious? The Falcons almost beat the Rams. Yes. That was funny. And they were down. 28 to 3 at one yes, point. I, I heard I, I knew Scott Hand. I was watching Red Zone. I they, knew he was going to say If it. they overcame that, I think the Atlanta curse would have been broken. <laughs> the curse would have just been lifted over. They just Atlanta. win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. I don't know what that was about. That game was crazy. And uh, Jalen Ramsey um, said good night to them with an interception in the end zone. So that was good. Um, Allie, I'll go to you. What what is going on with the Broncos? They, how do you struggle against the Texans at, in your home opener? I mean, they they the Texans tied the Colts, okay, but Russell Wilson has been hyping up this team for months. Broncos country, let's ride, and you struggle against Houston. Like what? Why? I really don't want to know. I I want to make a Denver joke so badly, but. I really, really don't know what's going on in that city. And frankly, I don't want to know. Yeah. But Russell Wilson, like, come on, man. You come from the University of Wisconsin, known for producing great offensive weapons like Jonathan Taylor and Zach Martin and TJ Watt and the Watt brothers. Can't forget that. But, like, dude, like, if you're going to be hyping up your team like that, at least play like you're excited. Don't yeah. be like yeah. out here throwing picks and you're <laughs> Russell Wilson. Like you're not uh, Tyrod Taylor. Insert bad quarterback name here. Like, come on, man. Honestly, are we even sure that Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett have adjusted uh, to the mile above sea Hackett level thing? was awful yesterday. He is, I mean, the coaching decisions that he makes – I mean, the time management, like, oh, man. He's one of the worst in the league. He really is. I think he's a great offensive mind coming from the Packers. Yeah. Um, but I, I, he's, he's got to learn how to be a head coach in this league, and he doesn't have it figured out right now, that's for sure. I didn't watch the Broncos yesterday, but I did watch the one against the Seahawks mm-hmm. last week, and – Automatically, that whole last-minute timeout waiting thing. Yeah, that's all I that? need. To, that's all I need to say. I mean, that's I, all I need. That to was say. horrible. Uh, Connor, let's Jeez. see. Let's see. Let's see. Now, I'll save Packers for Allie. Uh, and actually, Aaron, I'll go back to you. So the Jets. So apparently, Nick Chubb ran into oh, the baby. end zone, and you think the game is over. Joe <laughs> Flacco, of all people, is in the top three in passing hey, yards. Don't disrespect. Right now, right now, it's I think the top three in passing yards is Tua, Joe Flacco, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm right. not kidding. Sure, look right. at Allie, look it up right <laughs> now. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Like, Joe Aaron, Joe Flacco. what happened? Oh, what, what happened? Well, okay, so they're they're down by 13 at that point when Chubb gets into the end zone with probably a minute 50 Should have just taken the knee. Well, okay, I've seen that a lot. If he takes the knee, sure, they run the ball out, they run run the clock out, they win the game. He doesn't know his ticker is about to miss an extra point and that 
the the Jets are going to score on the second play of their next drive, right? So they give the ball to Michael Carter coming out. They get nine yards. And then um, I think the Browns' defense honestly just fell asleep because Corey Davis, there was no one within, within 15, 20 yards of him. Um, and they had Denzel Ward on that side of the field too. So I don't know what happened. Miscommunication on the back end there. Yeah. Wide open for a touchdown. But Jets still need to get the onside kick and score again with probably about a minute 20 left at that point there was in the game. Uh, the Jets somehow, th- this is something that would happen to the Jets, but they somehow, <laughs> by the grace of the good Lord above, <laughs> they recover the onside kick. And I'm, Larry, I'm screaming my head off at this point. I'm like, there's no way this is actually happening. You know, Flacco and Garrett Wilson, and credit to Garrett Wilson, by the way, young kid, rookie, um, wasn't involved much in, in the Ravens game in week one. But the Jets made it a point to get him the ball yesterday, and he was great. Over 100 yards, couple touchdowns. He scored the game winner from Flacco. Um, they connected a couple times on that last drive, and he dropped a really easy first down um, a few minutes earlier. Fourth quarter, Jets are down a touchdown. They need a, a drive to go tie the game, and on third down, Darrell Wilson drops a wide-open first down conversion, what would have been. Yeah. So good for him, man. He goes out and makes – a couple huge plays on the Nets drive to win the game. Um, I mean, it was just—it's probably the best Jets win I would say in at least in at least half a decade at this point. I mean, I, I can't really think of a regular season game that was that like just electric for, for the Jets. I mean, they were out of it; they were done, Larry. And on ESPN, they have a little tool like a, a win probability. probability predictor. Cleveland with a minute 40 left, 99.9% chance to win that game. And the Jets somehow are 1-1 one one right now. So, no Zach Wilson. No problem. You know what? I mean, Joe Flacco, when you give Flacco time in the pocket, he's a you know he can deliver a good ball. He's got a good arm. He's got a good deep ball. So, I'm fine with Joe Flacco going forward for the next couple weeks until Wilson comes back. So Yeah, that was actually a really surprising game, but a lot of good talent on the field there. And then, uh, finally, to wrap up yesterday's games, I'll go to Allie on this one. Bears and Packers, of course, uh, the Bears got their um, their usual spanking on Sunday night football against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know. I, I saw a thing on Twitter. I, I don't know if it was one person who said it or just everybody was saying it. Like, nobody outside of Chicago and Green Bay cares. Like, just it's just we all know who's going to win. We all know it's going to be a few touchdown, like a few possessions, you know, on the scoreboard. So, uh, Allie, I'll go to you. Anything – I mean, it seems like the receivers are kind of struggling still. Do you believe that they'll overcome those obstacles? I mean – and Justin Fields, oh my gosh, he looked horrible in the passing game. I mean, 70 yards for Justin Fields. But, Allie, anything on the Packers' end? As Aaron Rodgers said, I still own you. Yes, he does. But I believe the receivers, they're going to develop eventually. They There were flashes. I like the deep ball to Sammy Watkins. Randall Cobb came in handy. I loved his plays. Alan Lazard or getting those touchdowns and deep balls. Um, Watson had a decent game, picking up essential first downs. Um, Romeo Dobbs, he he needs to start like looking for those back shoulder passes because there was one play in particular where Aaron was trying to save him by giving him a back shoulder and he just wasn't looking. So I feel like a game against an FC rival, specifically the Bears, because the Bears will help them to give them the real-time learning experience, will help them develop into better players. So I can see them hitting their height probably against the Giants in London. Okay, all right. Packers uh, one and one right now, so we'll see how that works out next week. They got the Buccaneers. All right, so now we will finally wrap up our NFL segment. We have a Monday night football double header. Yes, double header. We got a lot going on. So tonight it is Titans at Bills starting at 7:15, and the Vikings will be at the Eagles tonight at 8:30. You already know which game I'm going to be watching. <laughs> so I got my Eagles shirt on and everything. All right. So Connor, I will go to you about the Titans, and I'll wrap up with the Eagles. Uh, do you think the Bills? 
are going to come back down to earth after they absolutely obliterated the Rams uh, in week one? Do you think the Titans will bounce back after, well, actually, they lost to the Giants, so that's actually a good segue. Uh, the Titans came off that tough loss. Um, your thoughts on this game? And it's in Buffalo. Yeah, no, my thoughts on this game are very basic. I mean, you, you just flat out ask me if I think the Titans are going to win tonight. I say no. <laughs> uh, the Bills, you know, Monday night football in Buffalo to start, you know, not start the season, excuse me, but, you know, just think about all the hype that they've had this past off season. Just, I mean, the tailgates right now must be just amazing. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting FOMO, like, sitting here thinking about how much fun they must be right now, how many tables have been broken and how many Bud Lights have been consumed. So I just – I got to roll with the wagon tonight, the Buffalo Bills. Right. Josh Allen is going to, you know, continue that MVP campaign, which I think him and Patty Mahomes are just going to take turns all season long, handing back and forth to each other. But, yeah, Bills by a lot tonight. Okay. I thought I saw let – me, let me see if it's still here. I thought I saw that they were favored by like ten and a half or something. So I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, they're favored by ten. Okay, okay, so I am right. And then we have uh, Eagles home opener against Minnesota. Obviously, the last time the Vikings were in Philadelphia in prime time, they got spanked in the NFC Championship game, and then the Eagles proceeded to win the Super Bowl on Minnesota's turf. Ouch. Um, so Justin Jefferson was asked this week about the whole, well, they were going to draft you thing. And he's like, well, I, I feel much better in Minnesota. And Jalen Rager has been saying that he's going to have a revenge game, which is hilarious. Um, so now they're teammates. We'll see how they uh, how we handle that. Could you imagine like opening tip-off, Raider, <laughs> Raider takes it 109 to the house. I, I mean, that, pla- that place would I'll be just, dead I'll, I'll just go to bed. I have, a, I, I have an 8 a.m. class tomorrow. I'll just go to bed <laughs> if that happens. So, yeah, so I think Jefferson will still have a pretty good game. He had nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns against the Packers. Mm. Uh, the Eagles also gave up 35 to the Lions last week. So I think that the Vikings will have no problem on offense, but hopefully the Eagles uh, pull through and get the win. The Giants lead the NFC East 2-zip right now. If the Eagles win, I believe they'll jump ahead of the Giants. Uh, With a loss, obviously the Giants will be in sole possession, and the Eagles actually are in Washington next week. Good luck getting that back, too. Yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) So we'll see how the NFC works out. tonight depending on what happens in philadelphia all right so that's the end of our segment we're 37 minutes in and that's the end of our first segment so a lot going on in the nfl all right nba time so we were going to start out because there really isn't much to talk about in the nba we were going to start with the whole dennis schroeder to los angeles thing but i'm like no 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 no. i saw a better story so the nba and the uh, nba players association Uh, They are now in serious talks on a few new items as part of the potential collective bargaining agreement. Lowering the the age from 19 to 18 in terms of draft eligibility. So they're going to bring back the whole, uh, you can go from high school straight to the NBA like LeBron did. Uh, And there's also a measure that allows players uh, citing mental health similar to a physical injury. Um, Yeah, something like that. Allie, I'll go to you first. Do you agree with these two proposals? Uh, the last player that we saw go straight from high school to the NBA, Amir Johnson, former Sixer back in you know 2005. LeBron did it in 2003. Uh, do you agree with lowering the draft eligibility age, and do you agree with the mental health um, citation? I do agree with the mental health citation because it is very important, especially we've seen in covid era because mental health can like completely take over your physical health so if you don't give yourself a break then you're just physically deteriorating but lowering the draft age i don't like that because any teenager is gonna go crazy when all of a sudden you get a million or depending how big your rookie paycheck is in your bank account like what are you gonna do with all that money like like, are you going to go buy a mansion and a car and all that stuff, or are you going to save it? Yeah. I I don't really like that. I, I like to keep it to 19. I understand that there's, like, really talented 
high school basketball players. Yeah. But like the money aspect, I feel like they're gonna go crazy. Do, do you mind if I counter that real quick, Larry? Yeah. Because, t- like, to me, I am completely fine with them lowering it to 18 because, to me, 18, 19, you know, really, what's the difference? You know, like, especially at the time of the draft. Yeah. You know, they could be 18 and a half or whatever. They're almost 19. And for me, when you make make it legal and you're giving all these young guys money, it's well documented that players in the past have, have blown their money. And leagues have gotten a lot smarter about building certain programs having people in place to help these young athletes to get all this money to figure out better ways to, you know, spend it and distribute it. So you, by 30, you're not broke. So for me, I, I don't, I don't see any worry of just lowering it by, by one year to 18. Cause to me, it felt very petty to just even putting it at 19. If you're going to change it from 18, put it to 20, like 19 really doesn't do anything. It, just, it felt like a very petty move at the time. I mean, looking back in retrospect, it looked petty. But um, to me, it doesn't really make a difference. All right. So we've had some uh, countering viewpoints on both sides of the argument. So apparently this uh, the draft eligibility thing could happen as early as the 2024 draft. So not next year, but the following year. And the only thing that I was thinking about, you know, <laughs> Bronny, huh? Uh, Bronny, uh, LeBron's son is uh, will enter the league in a few years, and we already know that basically wherever he goes, LeBron's going to say, you know, peace out, L.A., I'm going wherever. I don't know if he would go to the Pistons or, like, some, a bottom <laughs> feeder team. Don't but, forget about Bryce Mix. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Well, that, too. Um, I think they've said, like, Bronny's, like, a second-round prospect right now. Like, I don't think he's, like, really? consensus number one or anything. Well, no, I mean – I think I think uh, when you look at the high school rankings, he's probably he's. I think he's probably in the top thirty in his class right now. But no, he's not. I mean, if he plays, if he plays well as a senior, he could definitely Possibly, be a first round yeah. prospect. I feel like the issue too is though that there's just not a lot of film on him, so it's really kind of yeah, hard he, to judge. He kind of that sick donkey had this summer. <laughs> he kind of bounced around, right? He was at Sierra Canyon for a little <laughs> bit, and so yeah, I mean, there's it, the book's still kind of out on Brody, which is weird because like. Does Bronny We've been talking get about it for with years. His coaches, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's day. interesting because I feel like this is this is happening kind of because of him. I was going to say maybe not. You look local. I mean, DJ Wadner is at Tamden right now. He's the number one player in his class at Tamden High School. Wow. So I think he'll be. He's going to be um, again when it hits in a couple years. He might already be in the NBA. So I don't think it's going to affect him. But it'd be pretty cool to see a kid from around here kind of do that and he's really really good so yeah so this this was actually a story that broke uh earlier today i believe it was in the morning um so lowering the draft age in the nba and the mental health uh, measure that basically citing it similar to a physical injury so uh two things part of the collective bargaining agreement we'll see how that turns out in the near future all right and then we also have some uh, news, some other news in the NBA. Again, really not a lot going on in the NBA right now since the season is still a month away. Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves says he is, quote, one of the best offensive players in NBA history. Um, basically, Carl Anthony Towns, as we know, is a great three-point shooting big man. He can average a double-double any night that you want. He's only 27. Oh, he will be 27 in November. Um, but I think, honestly, we think of, like, Dirk Nowitzki as being the, like, one of the best um, big men or shoot uh, three-point shooting big men of all time. Carl Anthony Towns now has Rudy Gobert at his side, so that should help a lot. Aaron, I'll go to you. Does Carl Anthony Towns have a point about being one of the best offensive players in NBA history? And do you think that he might be on the same level as Dirk with um, shooting beyond the arc? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he certainly has a taste for being probably one of the most like uniquely talented offensive players ever because, you know, he, he is a big man. He's a true center, um, a little under seven feet tall. Um, but he, he's a true five. He is. He's not... Like did Dirk. Like Dirk really is more of a four. I know it's almost like positionless at this point in basketball and guys can play both, obviously, but Dirk was more of like a true kind of face up. Um although Tat does have a face up game too. More of a, a face up four. 
Tat to true five because you know he, he's a better rebounder than Dirk. Um, I think he plays more physical than Dirk. Uh, he's got a great post game as well, but at the same time, he's shooting forty percent from three every season at, at almost seven feet tall. So I think his skill set for his size is certainly one of the most unique we've probably ever seen. Him and Dirk yeah. are in that same conversation, yeah. but I think it's a little too early to be calling him one of the best offensive players ever. You know, I mean, he he'd probably need to get up closer to that 30 point per day mark at some point yeah you know? yeah and beat obviously has hit that right uh one he led the league in scoring uh carl anthony towns also has never been in the 50 40 90 club dirk was in that for one season uh for those of you that do not know 50 40 90 in the nba means over the course of a season you shot at least 50 percent on field goals 40 percent from uh beyond the arc and 90 percent from the free throw line um, obviously Dirk did that once cat has never done that. We'll see if that changes this season. Uh, and personally to me, I, I agree with Aaron. It's a little early to be saying that he's one of the best ever. Um, we'll see, we'll see how that changes this season, but uh, slow down a little bit. Cats never led the league in scoring and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, and then to wrap up our NBA segment, before we get to our top five, we will dive into a more serious topic. Aaron talked about it. Uh, if you listened on Wednesday's uh, show, we will dive into the Robert Sarver um, issue over in Phoenix. So PayPal says they will no longer be the sponsor for the Phoenix Suns if Robert Sarver continues to be the Suns owner after he's reinstated. So Robert Sarver right now is uh, facing a one-year ban from the NBA for racist and misogynistic comments that he made and just um, apparently over in the Suns organization, it's been very toxic uh, work environment, so not too good over there in Phoenix. And I found this quote, I believe it was on ESPN, PayPal's CEO and president Dan Schulman had a statement, so here is what he said, quote, PayPal is a values-driven company and has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We have reviewed the report of the NBA League's independent investigation into Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver and have found his conduct unacceptable and in conflict with our values. In light of the findings of the NBA's investigation, we will not renew our sponsorship uh, should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization after serving his suspension, end quote. So PayPal's sponsorship deal with the Suns began in 2018, and it also includes, because Sarver owns a few teams, the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA and the Spanish soccer team Real Club Deportivo Mallorca, and this is set to expire after this season. The PayPal deal with the Suns this season was worth $3 million. Allie, I'll go to you first. What do you make of this story? Um, PayPal threatening to cut ties with the Phoenix Suns. I know it's not um, on the same level as when um, what was it, like FedEx. They were threatening ties with Dan Snyder when the team was still the Washington Redskins. Um, obviously, this is you know a little bigger right now. Uh, but what do you make of all this? I mean, they should completely cut ties. If he is acting that way, like, come on, man, you are an owner for, of an NBA, WNBA, and a soccer team. Like, you should have a little more dignity for yourself and for your players. They shouldn't even be threatening. PayPal should just say, all right, we're done. We're out. These are your, these are our values, and you're not following them. Simple as that. Yeah, pretty... A pretty simple answer from Allie, and I agree. Um, honestly, we've all been comparing this to the Donald Sterling issue with the Clippers um, about, I'd say now about eight years ago, back in 2014. But, like, they banned him for life. They made him sell the team. Now it's Steve Ballmer running the Clippers, who uh, I believe also deals with Microsoft, right? Mm -hmm. he's, yep. Is he the owner? No, that's Bill Gates. It's, it's, he's he's CEO, pretty high up CEO, there. CEO, I think. <laughs> he's up there. Um, but apparently the commissioner adam silver basically said like like they're not really going to kick him out yeah. like it's not my duty to we said that on, remove on, him. on yeah. wednesday larry yeah. and you know he got asked by a reporter during his press conference talking about it and he was just you know it does raise some some questions because it's it's a similar situation so 
you know, why is there kind of a double standard? And I, his answer was, you know, he, he's still reviewing whatever. They're still looking at all the, the fine print and all the little details and stuff. But, you know, he, he's, like, trying to kind of compare it to maybe, like, taking the guy's franchise away and, you know, what, what that equivalent would be for a, a regular worker or an employee, Yeah, which is the question that the reporter asked. I mean, I think it's just a double standard because him and Sterling, again, obviously Sterling got caught on tape saying the exact stuff by TMZ. So we heard what he said. It was disgusting. And so obviously it's out in the open what he said. So Silver gave him the lifetime ban. Um, but I said kind of like it was, that was his first kind of major task as commissioner when he took over for David Stern. So maybe he was just trying to make a statement by giving Sterling a lifelong ban. But – I, you know, the punishment's not matching up. That does kind of raise some questions, I, th- I think. I was going to say, wasn't that like David Stern or was that only Adam Silver? I think Silver story? handled most of the, the – the. I mean, he definitely handled the punishment. He was the one who gave him the lifetime ban. So I don't uh, remember when okay. he took over, if it was in the midst of that. But Yeah. Connor, any last uh, last thoughts? Uh, PayPal threatening to cut ties with the Suns if Sarver uh, remains with Phoenix after he's reinstated, and then we will go to break. Yeah, no, I don't really need PayPal telling me what he did wasn't okay, especially like, you know, I'm just tired of corporations just talking about stuff like that. But that does that's beside the point that this guy has been getting away with just inappropriate behavior for years. And, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that he only got that year. I'm with with Sterling, you know, there was some president sent there. Um, you know, the optics of it might have looked worse because they caught Sterling on tape. Um, but to me, optics or not, what he was doing was on the same level as Sterling. So I don't really know where there's any – there's no continuity there. So yeah. to me, it kind of left me confused. And I, I, I do think that at some point he's probably going to step down because a lot of other corporate, corporate sponsors are going to start pressuring him, you know, saying that they, they care about this kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't expect him to be the Suns uh, owner going forward after uh, – you know, probably a couple couple months now. Yeah, so a lot of um, a lot of people are telling Sarver to step down. I think even the interim um, owner of the Suns, I think, said that too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, PayPal threatening to cut ties with the Suns if Sarver stays in power. All right, so we will go to break, and then we will come back with a much um, lighter topic to end the show. We'll get to our top five, but first we have the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially while you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. You can download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for Offsides this semester. I'm joined by Connor Brown, Aaron Hook, and Allie Pontano. Um, we just got done talking about the NFL and the NBA. Lots going on there, but now we'll get to our top five. But first, oh, you thought I forgot. Dive deep into the world of news, entertainment, and pop culture with Studio 89.7 on the second Saturday of every month at 9 a.m., 
Join Philadelphia radio veteran Paul Perello as he sits down with major newsmakers, authors, and celebrities to discuss a variety of topical issues. You'll experience something new, exciting, and different with Paul Perello on Studio 89.7, the second Saturday of each month at 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. The second Saturday of October is October 8th at 9 a.m. Don't miss it. Aaron tells me how he how he loves listening to Paul Perello every single month, uh, so don't miss out. All right, to wrap up the show, uh, to get a little lighter of a topic than the one we just talked about, here we go, top five. Kept everyone in suspense, so here we go. Name your top five athletes and or coaches that you would like to have a chat or eat a meal with. It could be lunch, dinner, whatever. Um, and your choices... You can do five athletes, five coaches. You can do a mix, whatever you want. They can be, here you go, they can be active, retired, or deceased. So your options are pretty wide open on this one. I will go last, obviously. Connor, I'll start with you. If you want to go five to one, one to five, honorable mention. If you have one, no order. If you want, go. All right. The, the, you know, I, I have four set in stone. It's the fifth one that's really bugging me. Um. All right. Here, here goes nothing. Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Ricky Williams. Bill Walton. Aaron Rodgers. And Kyrie Irving. Kyrie. Okay. I mean, the conversation at that dinner table between Lynch, Williams, Irving, Rodgers, and Bill Walton, dude. Bro. I mean, you're going to be entertained for hours. Kyrie and Rogers in the same room. And, well, oh, my, my God. My, my honorable mentions were Andy Reid, because you know he'd bring good food, and Eli Manning, because he's just an all-time glue guy. So okay. those are my honorable mentions. So let me let me get this straight. So Marshawn would be cursing up a storm. Rogers and Kyrie would be conspiracy theories. Oh, my goodness well, gracious. Well, see, Larry, with those guys, you have to kind of think on a different plane than we are right now so yeah. i don't kind of think of them as individuals i think of them as sums to a whole okay and they all bring now they all bring good things to the table you know, yeah, yeah yeah and it's just all one big flow connor connor really thought this one out oh, okay yeah. ali just a different mind state you know ali five to one one to five no order if you have an honorable mention go vince lombardi okay bart star these are all packers aren't they <laughs> No. Uh, it's kind of boring to start off. With <laughs> All right, Lombardi and Star. Hall of Fame jockey Pat Day. Okay. Uh, Bob Baffert, trainer of American Pharaoh. Okay. And my boy that I've met twice already, A.A. Rob Rogers. You met him? Yeah, twice. I went to Lambo oh, in 2015 and in 2017. Interesting. Yeah. Did he remember you? I don't know. We'll see. Okay. okay. I mean, he, 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 he might have been off something. I don't know. He waved know. to me back in 2015, and I wasn't really happy. Wow. Very nice. That Jake. was the best touchdown celebration of the weekend. The Al <laughs> yeah. Lazard one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Allie is wearing an Aaron Rodgers shirt right now. So, uh, he is my dude. Interesting. Mr. Hook, five to one, one to five, no order. Honorable mention. If you have one, go. You know, I, I went a little bit more of the, the traditional route. I've got some pretty mainstream names here okay. but uh I, i'll go no order i've got babe ruth on the list because i would have to add, i mean no the guy was just a, a different animal for the era he was playing in and like the diet that he was he was working with there i would have to ask him how how that all worked um michael jordan i mean i'd have to pick his brain a little bit because he's just a psychopath but i mean that's why he's <laughs> arguably the greatest ever so <laughs> I would have to try and maybe adopt a little bit of that mentality if if I could from him. Um, this is this is actually inspired from a class I had today, um, and we were talking about Jesse Owens uh, in Ooh, the Germany Jesse. Olympics and the kind of stuff he had to deal with. He stood up to Adolf Hitler. Yes, so I mean, obviously very brave there, and obviously a fantastic sprinter as well, fantastic yeah. athlete. So uh, Jesse Owens would be pretty cool. Muhammad Ali, I've got on the list just because of all the stuff he went through with. You know, not going to war and stuff like that. Again, I mean, there's no explanation needed. It's Muhammad Ali, probably the greatest boxer ever. Um, and then the only modern guy I have on here at, at my fifth spot is actually Giannis. Uh, and I just, I love his story. Giannis under the Kumbo. Comes from, you know, an impover impoverished, you know, kind of family dynamic in Greece. And when he first entered the NBA, he was this 
I mean, <laughs> use this toothpick, right? This kid's like um, pretty much seven feet tall. Let's say he weighs 100 pounds soaked and wet, and now he's he's jacked, man. He's the best player in the league. Back-to-back MVP. Yeah, Champion. I mean, it's, it's, it's tr- it truly is like, I think, I don't know if it's fair to say he his story goes overlooked nowadays, but no. it really is one of the best success stories probably in all of sports i mean at least for the past 20 to 25 years man i mean totally it's, agree with that it's, did you see the movie no there's a movie about him yeah, yeah. On disney plus I, uh, I did i gotta watch that i is so I'm, a, I'm a big honest guy so i'm down in that five it'd be pretty cool to talk okay. to him. and he's, he's very funny actually he's, so. he loves, he's very he loves his too. he loves his dad like jokes yeah like he, very wholesome yeah a very yeah. lighthearted guy so. what's the movie called i know it's there I, uh, rise. Rise. rise i okay. i've heard of that i just never watched it. i don't i don't of course everything you see on tv that you're like oh i should see that and it's on one of the streaming services right. that yeah. you don't have <laughs> it's like oh disney plus oh paramount Plus. Ooh, right. kind of striking out and then with thursday so. night football too so wait did you see one of Giannis's? well like his earlier tweets where he's like oh my gosh i just had a cheeseburger god bless america <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love first time like all right all right, so to wrap up the show, I will do mine. Uh, top five. So honorable mention, I'll see if you guys know who this is. Kind of like what Aaron said, inspired by uh, my boy Neil Hartman's history of sport in Philadelphia class. Do you guys know who Burt Bell is? Yes. No. Who is Burt Bell? The first commissioner of the NFL. One. Oh, oh is he the first? Yeah, he's the first commissioner of the NFL. I'm thinking of Pete Rozell. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. First commissioner of the NFL uh owner of the pittsburgh steelers basically he created uh football what is today and yeah. established the draft create the slogan any given sunday yep. so forth and so on yeah and yep. his son upton bell was the second commissioner of the nfl okay a little yeah. corporate pick but that's all right i'll roll with it <laughs> burt bell was born and he actually he was born and he died in philadelphia so philadelphia nice. uh, born and raised um he Basically named the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. when they were the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, whatever that means. Yeah, he named um, them after the Postal Service. Yeah. So, Burt Bell was one of the first commissioners of the NFL. He made the NFL draft so the the teams that weren't as good got the better picks because, you know, like the Bears were, like, hawking everybody. Uh, he also made sure um, gambling and stuff wasn't as, you know, as big as it was. He tried to tame that down and he merged the afc and all that so he did a lot so he did a lot just like to pick his brain see what see what went on burt bell uh lived from 1895 to 1959 he was 64 years old so i'll go my honorable mention number five Allie's gonna like this one aaron Rodgers. i feel like he's just a calm dude he's he's weird sometimes with the conspiracy (laughs) theories and the you know all that, but his recent seems, interviews are actually very interesting. When he interesting. when he was on Jeopardy, I found it kind of interesting. My mom <laughs> was complaining; she was like, "Oh, like he he has such a dry sense of humor." I'm like, "Well, he's funny." So, dude, once you get the Aaron Rodgers, like I used to hate him, but then all of a sudden I was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of get yeah, it, it." It just clicked. It's just clicked. <laughs> yeah, right? This like, guy's right, pretty cool. Yeah, he owns kind of cool. He owns the Bears, so I mean, he, how do you own a franchise while you're playing? I mean, thank you for hopping on the Rodgers train. I've been on it since I was six years old. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had to go to Lambeau twice to get to the Super Bowl, so thanks, Allie. Oh, oh! <laughs> the 49ers own him, too. Number four, oh. number four, uh, I'll go with former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, who's now in Duval uh, in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson seems like a very down-to-earth guy. I'll go number four. Number three, Bryce Harper of the Phillies, um, turning his back on the Washington Nationals and coming to the correct team in the NL East, the Philadelphia Phillies. I'll go with Bryce Harper. Number two, Joel Hans Embiid. Uh, very lovable goofball. Um, see what he's like. He's very good at his job, so I'll go with him. Number one, a guy with a Philly attitude. Uh, he will be on display tonight, Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles. Current head coach. He has a lot of uh, swagger to him, so I'll go him at number one. All right, so that wraps up today's Offsides. Uh, Please remember, during the semester, we are here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm here on Mondays. Aaron Hook is with you on Wednesdays, and Danny Ryan, our sports director, is with you on Fridays. All those three days at 5 p.m. sharp. Don't miss it. Uh, We'll keep you up to date with the uh, sports content that you so love, NFL, NBA, MLB, etc. So we'll get you all that information. So for Connor Brown, Aaron Hook, Ali Pontano, I'm Larry Dealman. 
Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.